Five, four, three, two, one. The players are here, the fans are here, and so are we, so let's do it. It's ABL Shootaround with Chuck Schreiner and Scott McKinnon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Shoot Around. Mr. Scott McKinnon here with our NBA consultants again, Lone Laborde and Shane Fitz. Me and Chuck are going to step away and let the boys handle the NBA again. Um, and all I have to say is go Raptors, go. What a week for Canada. What a week for Canadians who love basketball. And the boys are going to wrap you up and tell you what's going on with the series. And I'm just going to kind of step away and sit back here and try to enjoy what Kawhi Leonard, the King of the North, and We the North has done this last couple days. So here we go. Owen Laborde, Shane Fitz going to break down Game 3 and 4 and push forward to what's going to happen on Game 5 and 6 here on the Shoot Around podcast, Singapore's top 10 sports podcast all by itself. Here we go, Owen Laborde. Thanks, Scotty. Happy to be back. Thanks, Chuck. Miss you today again. How are you, how are you doing today, Mr. Fitz? Yeah, happy to be here. Uh, always missing Chuck. And uh, thanks, Scotty. Yeah, thanks for organizing again. Hey, hey, what a scene. Holy cow. So for those of you that listening worldwide, uh, games are on here in the early hours of the morning. So at 9 a.m., uh, the Canadian Association and a bunch of Raptors fans gathered down at Boomerang, uh, down in downtown Singapore. The games were on the big screen Uh, 100-plus people there. It wasn't like Jurassic Park in uh, Toronto or Mississauga, but it was definitely uh, an amazing scene, Mm. such a cool thing to see the growth of the global sport. Coach Fitz, what was what were your impressions of today's uh, today's atmosphere down there? Well, I got to be honest, it's hard, it's hard to not get caught up into uh, uh, all the fever that's down there. The uh, boomerangs really does a nice job, and it's uh, can you ask for a better place to go watch the game down on the river? And uh, and and you know what, the North came out in force today. Uh, you know what, they have a great showing down there. It's a lot of fun, uh, and uh, they bring a lot of energy. It is a great place to watch. What it, so uh, maybe we should jump into Game Three. What do you think about uh, what do you, what did you think? takeaways from game three i mean on a couple of days ago i was saying it's a team game right and we just need those bench players to step up and i said somebody needs to step up and really in game three everybody stepped up holy cow i mean we had what seven players in double figures uh, uh, virtually everyone in play Saul right? was mm. shooting abaco was blocking siakam was taking it to the hole and on top of it Kawhi's just doing Kawhi things. Like, you know what you're going to get from Kawhi every game. So uh, I actually went uh, close to like seven, eight hours of radio silence that, that day and came home and watched the game after school. Didn't know the score. Uh, I was just going crazy. It was just, it was a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah, I remember uh, talking to you before that. And, and uh, one thing I asked you, I was like, do, do you think Kawhi has to go for 45? Or do you think uh, Kyle Lowry and Marcus All need to break 40 plus? And I was really thinking it had to be one or the other. And it turns out Kawhi got, you know, 20, maybe 30. And then, uh, and then it turns out everyone else also scored 15 to 20, right? So I thought it had to be two people. And it turned out to be almost everyone who stepped on the court got in double figures. Hmm. Uh, and it was super impressive. Uh, I was, uh, you know, Serge, uh, Ibaka, Ibaka was back. And it looked like almost uh, OKC again, right? I mean, he looked super dynamic. 
And like other people said, like he looks very, very comfortable while he's out there on the court. Absolutely. And then uh, moving into today, that first half, uh, you used the term a few podcasts ago. It was a rock fight. It was ugly in that first quarter, mm. and Danny Green missed his first three shots, and Gasol wasn't looking to score, and it almost looked like a like a reverse of Game Three. Um, but we hung through because we have the best player in the series, and I think that's pretty clear by now that so far Freddie. Kawhi, <laughs> Freddie, yeah, Danny Freddie. Green, Danny Green, I'm over two. Uh, Who is over, it? Over three. We were talking about that, you know. We 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 have we have coached at this uh, at high school levels before, and and every team kind of has that one player that if they hit their first shot, it changes the whole feel of the of the team. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. and Danny Green's that guy. And when he missed those first few, I mean, geez, they were lucky to get over twenty in the first quarter today, um, and luck and it was all Kawhi. Uh, Curry was amazing in Game Three. I will give Curry all the credit in the world, but he kind of looked like the LeBron of the last couple finals out yeah. there, where he's yeah, like, he really "Who else do I have out here? Like, what else can I do?" I think that's a really interesting point. And and uh, you know, uh, Steph dropping something like forty-seven in Game One, oh. and uh, if you told me uh, Steph and Clay's going to come back, and in Game Two when Clay comes back, he's going to drop twenty-eight. And you still have Steph, and you got Draymond. Oh, for sure, you're going to see a repeat of Game Two, and uh, that that absolutely didn't happen, right? So you have all these people back. Clay's doing really well in the first half, and absolutely not, you're not seeing that happen. Instead, uh, what looks to be uh, a situation where Golden State's going to pull away in Game Four, but they 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 really don't, right? Uh, Kawhi keeps a minute. I think he dropped 14 in the first quarter. And uh, he, he's really keeping them in it. And every time it looks like, oh, maybe Golden State's going to pull away. They don't, right? Uh, uh, they just keep them in it. Kawhi keeps them in it. Uh, and he, I'll, I'll give a, um, a good call by you. You said, you know, Danny Green, he, he might not have hit a shot yet. But I, I promise you by fourth quarter, you know, he's going to hit a, he's going to hit a big three. And if you keep did. saying Danny Green's going to hit a shot, I mean, eventually he's going to say it. I think yeah, I said that like 15, definitely t- 15 times to you today. Like, here is it Danny Green. They're going to the run one? a play. They're going to yeah. run a play for Danny Green. Hats off to Clay, too. I mean, it was killing him not to be there in game three. Mm. Um, and they kind of... Do you uh, think, can I interject here? Yeah. Do, you, do you think that uh, uh, Golden State... Uh, may have thrown game three. Well, I was just going to say, yeah. they, they gave up the battle to win the war. Um, and it was, I mean, smart coaching, right? Like, it's a seven-game series. Nobody gets a trophy. The Toronto Raptors still don't have the trophy. They're up 3-1. Um, but you got to get to four, right? That's why they play the game. So what can you say about Clay? Holy cow. His first couple shots today, just textbook perfection for a shooter mm. and and us roller coaster raptors fans were like here it comes here's the clay game you mm. know you know about that scotty uh, a little bit and, and it just it just felt like it could have been the clay game but there's something different about this raptors team they just persevere and they slow it down when they need to and they kill that oracle crowd over and over and over again I- right they really don't get any sort of uh any sort of momentum going yeah. because Kawhi and the Raptors slow it down, turn it off, shut it down. I, I, uh, I'm not mistaken if I heard let's go Raptors in Oracle Arena, and I've never heard another, uh, another team ever chanted for it before, 
in in Oracle. And there was times, and it wasn't even in the game. It was the first half. I heard, let's go Raptors. And that shows a lot to the, to the fans from the north, uh, but also shows – um, you know, not only do the, do the fans travel, but the, the team has confidence, right? I think it speaks to a larger thing of, of the team is comfortable. And they are, they're looking at this as like, we're ready to go. We're ready to battle. And every single moment, they, they're good to go. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways, it still reminds me of the Buck series where uh, it felt like, oh, here comes Giannis, here comes Middleton, here come the Bucks, And they're up 10. And it absolutely does not matter to the Raptors. Uh, and it's, uh, I, I keep wanting to steal clips for, for, for the boys that we coach because they nonstop hustle on defense. It is closeout after closeout after closeout, extra rotation, and they are constantly there. And frankly, there's just not enough Warriors to take shots, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't matter if Clay or Steph is out there. Like they are, they are getting to absolutely everything. And now you're looking at who's going to take that jumper? And they, they don't have it. They we, really don't. We held them to 92 points today, right? I think we've held teams under 100 for 12 mm-hmm. games this postseason. Mm-hmm. That is unbelievable in 2019 NBA where scoring is at a premium. And it's just those active hands and those defensive rotations that we're starting to hit a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it always seems to be either Ibaka or Gasol is on too, right? You're never getting oh, an 0 for 2 goodness. with those two. Like if one of them's not playing well, the other one will step in and you're like, all right. Hey, now. it's nice to have a backup center, isn't it? Hey, <laughs> big guys still have a place <laughs> in this game. Uh-huh. Oh, my. Uh, yeah, you know what? They, uh, they are getting contributions from everyone. And, uh, and, and like you said earlier, like you look at their top three versus their next three to eight and who has the next best three to eight players. And it really looks like the rappers do, right? They, they come in strong with uh, all kinds of uh, great contributions. And they're getting them at the right time, right? It, and and uh, big shout-out to um, what they do on offense as well. Uh, we were noticing today in game four that uh, – and, and they've clearly practiced what Nick Nurse is talking about, where uh, they're well aware of the extra rotations from the Golden State Warriors, where uh, they're having a – maybe it's a Baca flashing at the high post, or they're running some uh, – uh, baseline cuts, whether it's Siakam, Kawhi Leonard hit a, a great, very difficult baseline uh, jumper, but he's cutting ball side, right? So they're doing a really interesting thing where uh, they're cutting the guy from the weak side baseline all the way ball side, but they're doing it because they're well aware of the rotations from the Warriors, and it's like they're one step ahead. And, you know, that, that's not an accident. That's, mm. not, that's not a pregame chat. That's not, hey, let's do a walkthrough and get ready for the Warriors in the next game. That is, we've been planning for this for a while. And you know what? Uh, if you look at this from, if you zoom out and you look at, all right, you know, who's actually the favorite? Who is actually the favorite? Who had more regular season wins? Who, when they matched up, if you look at their last, what is it, their six games, they're like five and one against the Warriors. They might actually just be a better team, and maybe we're just not, maybe we weren't seeing it all along. It's definitely uh, circumstantial too, right? I mean, uh, the Warriors knew what the Warriors were getting into. I was listening to somebody the other day talking about the general manager of the Warriors didn't do a great job with, with the bench, and it's like, give me a break. Like, you got five all-stars, and mm-hmm. now you're getting mad because you messed up the Patrick McCaw thing midseason, mm-hmm. and you got Andrew Bogut and Sean, you maybe paid a little too much for Sean Livingston. Like, the chips have fallen into the right places here with Durant being out and Clay being hurt and Boogie getting hurt and being, being, being not in shape. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely that, that part of it. But the Raptors, I mean, I said it on our last podcast after the Warriors snuck out game two. 
the, the Warriors find these guys who can hit big shots. Mm-hmm. In the last two games, we found those guys. That was Van Fleet. That was Ibaka. That was, uh, you know, that was Pascal. That's Danny Green in game three. Um, it's, been, it's been unbelievable to watch. And I, I think it's totally worth showing uh, a, a lot more love to Pascal Siakam. Spicy P, who, uh, I mean, he might be the most underpaid star in the league right now. When Alan Crabb got traded the other day and we found out $18 million <laughs> and, and Siakam is making $1.5 million uh, this year, um, that's just that's crazy. Uh, but I guess that's that's the business of the league, and and he is gonna get paid in a couple of years here. When you when you see his game in slow motion, and I absolutely love that about uh, when you get all those cameras in there, you get all the angles, and then you see what he does in slow motion, and you realize the footwork he has, you realize the length he has, and the coordination he has. Uh, he's making someone a defensive player of the year, Draymond Green, and he's making him look small mm. and slow. And he is just absolutely unfazed by what's going on. Greatest and defensive player ever, not just. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> self self proclaimed greatest defensive player ever. Producer uh, Scott jumping in yeah, with that's right. uh, some superlatives there. Uh, absolutely right. And, and Siakam, uh, do we know? Do we know what his what his ceiling is? We have no idea, right? He could be a perennial all star, getting paid maybe a million, million and a half in a year, and he's absolutely wonderful. He's right? one of those. I mean, like you talked Giannis before. Like Giannis is still young, and you're like, what's he going to be in a couple years? And you've got to say the same thing about Siakam now, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this guy's still young and raw. And I've said it before. We we're talking about this earlier today. Just that the Raptors have that mix of like I'm young and I don't really care the Fan Fleets and the Siakams, versus the and then they've also got the Kawhis and the Danny Greens that I've been here before. I know what this is all about. I love playing on the road, coming into Oracle, and quieting down twenty thousand Silicon Valley <laughs> investors. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about the investor. <clears throat> How do you get a Golden State investor too? I didn't. I don't know. If that was a thing. Yeah, a lot of Kickstarter, Fundmes, or I don't know what's happening. But uh, they were definitely leaving early today. Uh, yeah, that was, they that were absolutely. Big, I got a big cheer down from uh, uh, Boomerangs there mm, when the Golden trying to beat the, the traffic. State. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's tricky at Oracle. Good thing there wasn't a baseball game down there today too. It would have been, <laughs> would have been mental. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, there's uh, there's premier things I would I would I would love to hear thoughts on mm-hmm. and. Uh, First of all is uh, Kevin Durant. We didn't talk about this all time, all uh, last, podcast, last podcast, hey? It's crazy. It's got to be one of the top craziest stories of all-time NBA. Like, how is this not the central story? How is Lowry getting shoved, getting more attention than this? They're, they're calling... That was wrong. That was wrong. <laughs> that was wrong. That's pretty much all there is to say. <laughs> the, um, Durant is being... Pulled out of these games 48 hours in advance. Like, it's not so even like So he's in the game. tunnel. Does that bother you he's in the tunnel? So also, what's up with this, right? Like, so Kim Creens were sitting around the other day, and he's like, so where is Kevin Durant? And why isn't he on the bench? And I was like, that's a great point. Like, why is he not on the bench? He's in sweatpants in the back, apparently watching on some little monitor. They still have little TV he's, monitors, uh, apparently, they watch in the back. Because he's in New York, <laughs> Scotty Mack says. There's footage of him in the, in the, in the or, in Oracle. But, like, this is, like, LeBron getting hurt in the finals and then just kind of going, oh, I'm hurt, I'm still hurt. I'm, I don't know, maybe he is hurt. I don't, what's going on here? What are your thoughts? 
why he he has to be hurt like i you know what you know what you know what bothers me is is uh i there's no way in my mind that that he doesn't want to be there he 100 percent wants to be there he absolutely wishes he was there and he's fully invested in the game like uh when i think about it you know he's in the tunnel why is he there in the tunnel he is uh so involved in the game that he he wants to have that moment where he can be 100 percent invested in it and he can be himself when you're there in the tunnel, you get to be 100% yourself. When you're there on the court, then people are watching you and they're thinking all kinds of things. Like he wants nothing more to be able to play. And as soon as he can play, he will play. And he wants nothing more than to support that team. Like he's not, everyone wants to say, oh, he's ready to go. He's ready to go to New York. He's ready to, to get out of there. I don't believe that. I actually think he wants to play and he would play if he could. But haven't, haven't we seen this before? I mean, mm-hmm. 2014, LeBron, he knew he was going. He knew what he was, his plans were. None of us knew. Wait, but what he, happened in 2014? Uh, yeah, the Spurs came out, uh, oh, led right. by a certain uh, number two and uh, dynasty <clears throat> killer. Tim Duncan. Tim, Tim Duncan. Duncan was also there. Uh-huh, Tim Duncan was also there. But um, Danny, they, Green. Danny Green. <laughs> but they smashed him, right? Like the, they did. The, the Heat got smashed. And at some point, LeBron had to have gone, I don't think we have a chance here. Uh, I'm thinking of leaving, and, and, and I'll try my best. But Durant's, why would he come back out if he's hurt? I mean, did you see his ankle? It looked like his Achilles was iced the other day. Like You know, it's just a lower calf. It's very close to the Achilles. I really don't think it's his Achilles. I actually think, I think before, before we started the series, I really thought he was going to come back by game six. Uh, he has to come back. He has to come back by game five. Like, he 100% has to be there, even if he's 50%. Don't you put Kevin Durant on the court and just say, stand there. Just be who you are, catch and shoot, and I promise you it'll be okay. So moving into the next kind of Durant thing, I'm going to give a shout-out. Um, we, we, we watched the game today with a local legend, Uncle Grant Walker, who mm. uh, Scotty and I go way back with, uh, who's leaving Singapore, and he's a big Raptors fan. He got me into basketball when I was uh, watching Vince Carter and the Raptors, and he wanted us, our, our number one viewer, Uncle Grant, wanted us to do a little talk about uh, Durant. So he comes back. And wins, comes back, doesn't win, doesn't come back, wins or loses. Does any of this matter? Does it impact his legacy? Does it impact the overall uh, view of him later in his career? Thoughts on that? So you're telling me if he, you're, you're, you're saying that it's better for him to not come back because that's better for the storyline, that's better for his legacy. You're saying don't come back because if you come back and you lose, that's worse. I mean, if he comes back and it just goes goes terribly and goes sideways uh it depends what he does obviously like this is one piece of the puzzle that we're going to look back in in 20 years and go this is the kind of player durant was i mean obviously best case scenario is he stone cold steve austin's it comes back for game (laughs) five big entrance and when they win three in a row and toronto has no answers I find that the most unlikely scenario of all of them. Isn't that the ultimate vindication? Like you look back when LeBron did the impossible, right? He he brings them back from down three one. Isn't that what KD wants? Hasn't he already said like the reason I don't go play with with LeBron James is because I'm trying to be the best. I'm actually trying to be LeBron James. I want to beat him. And wouldn't that be the biggest story ever if he's able to rejoin them and bring them back down from three one? I think he has the ability, even if he's fifty percent. To be able to do that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I do think he is a game changer. It all depends on this calf, and nobody really knows how serious it is. There was a report today he could barely play the twos yesterday, and he was struggling struggling mightily with that. 
He's got this cryptic Instagram post up that, I mean, the three of us sat around looking at it for a few minutes trying to figure out what it even meant, literally. Mm. Um, who knows? He's got a long flight. He's got to stay in a hotel for a few nights, and he's got to go. He's going to go Toronto, Golden State, Toronto, three games with a bad calf, entering free agency. It would be legendary, but I'm not sure if it happens. He's a two-times finals MVP, right? And, and if anyone, uh, before his injury, we were saying he absolutely might be the best player in the league. He might be the best player in the world. We were not even mentioning the other guy. Mm, absolutely. And, I, yeah, it would be a shock, a shock, a shock if the Raptors couldn't close this thing out. Um, but but the cavalry's there. I mean, Clay played pretty well today. He got taped up in the middle of the third quarter, was it? And uh, the the crowd at Boomerang was kind of like, yeah, we're feeling good here. But boy, a Durant back, a full Clay with a couple days rest. I also feel like, and, and tell me tell me if you feel the same way. Uh, so now the Raptors are the Raptors are the clear favorite, right? And so they go back home. They have a chance to win in Game Five. They got Jurassic Park. They got everyone behind them. Uh, and then they, what, what if they don't win? What, what happens if they don't win game five? Doesn't, don't they just fold? Don't you think at this point they're probably going to fold if they don't win game? Don't you feel like the pressure is going to absolutely mount on them for game five? And they won't actually, imagine Kyle Lowry out there. Do you really think they're going to be able to handle this? Do you see their uh, post-game reactions, though, some of them? I mean, Perk, Kendrick Perkins had it on his feed, and uh, even today. He's a big fan. He's a big fan. But they weren't coming off celebrating, right? They're coming off business-like. They're up 3-1. Nobody's mm. handed them anything yet. Uh, I'm not sure about Game 5. Uh, it all depends on, on how the, the health of the Warriors is looking, but um, I, I think it's all business-like. I still think they're the better team. They've got guys that have been here before. they got a couple guys that have... Uh, been in finals. They've mm. got a defensive player of the year. I really like how uh, uh, Fred uh, Van Fleet's been playing, and he's been, uh, he's been hitting amazing shots. He's been, you know, they keep giving him more minutes. I don't even know if Norman Powell's still on the team. Like, they still have, like, yeah. Freddie Van Fleet is playing, and he's playing wonderful, right? But today, he got uh, sort of a, a, an accidental elbow to the head. Uh, and uh, aside from the fact that they, you know, they showed that moment in slow motion where uh, you know, the blood's running down the side of his face. I don't know how much our wives appreciated the high-definition, slow-motion. Uh, there was a lot of time in there that. Was, uh, how many times did they show that? Like 12 times taken. did they show that? Yeah, and the blood running down. It's a bit of a Leafs uh, moment there. The seven it was. stitches, it was. he came back out. You know, a few of us were commenting that that could be like a momentum changer, like the Raptors kind of had some things going there, and, and poor Freddie uh, goes out, and, and yeah, the wife's, wife corner was not happy with that one. They, <laughs> like, how many times you got to show that? Like, he just kept getting knocked in the face. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, you know, and, and, and uh, so his attitude afterwards, he was very much into it, and it looks like he's ready to go and, and ready to play for the next game, but... Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting is, is, is like will, once he uh, if he's back, great. But I really wonder if uh, if they're going to be ready to, to go and if they're able to handle that. And, you know, maybe Kim Durant comes back. Uh, maybe Clay is there. And maybe that's enough to get him over the edge. Maybe, you know what, maybe they start strong and they finally have another strong third quarter and they come out ahead. Uh, I'm really worried about the Raptors mm-hmm. in the next game. So taking the Raptors away if the Raptors lose the game the Warriors obviously have to win the game Clay's been uh Clay played very well today Mm -hmm. Steph's been unreal he was not shooting great today but still ended up with uh 20 plus high 20s who needs to step up for the Warriors 
who's the, who's the game changer here and guys that are playing. Mm, yeah, uh, I'm not going to mention a name. I'm just going to say defense. <laughs> the defense has to step up. And mm-hmm. and you know what? Uh, actually, I will mention the name. I'm going to call it Boogie. Uh, you know what? Kerr Kerr proved us all wrong in game two and uh, and gave him a lot of a lot of time and and that proved to be a good idea. It's no longer a good idea. Uh, Kevin Kevon Looney's out there and he's grimacing. He's fighting through a ton of pain. And he is 100 times better than Boogie right now. He can move his feet. He's trying. He can get off the ground more than one inch, and, uh, and it makes a difference. And right now, you know, this actually reminds me of, uh, and we were talking about the, the Clippers versus the Warriors series, right? And we're like, why, why are the Clippers still hanging? And when you get uh, Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell uh, running that pick and roll, mm-hmm. that, that's exactly what, when you look at, uh, you know, it's down to 12 seconds on the shot clock. What are the Raptors doing? They're going to a pick and roll, whether it's Gasol or Ibaka, and they are picking apart the Warriors over and over and over again. And so that, you know, who needs to step up? They need to figure out that pick and roll defense. Mm. It's all those mis- mismatches, right? It's back mm. to what the Rockets were doing, just playing the mismatches over and over and over until you get what you like. Um, producer Scott here has one more thing that we need to talk about, and that's the Drake curse. Would you like to start on that one, or do you want me to jump right into it? <laughs> Please. But first of all, can you, t- can you tell us all a little bit about the Drake curse? So Drake, Drake curse, I mean, Scotty Mack, he, uh, he, he wants us to talk about this, but Drake, pretty much anybody he supports uh, loses. So Coach Mack's uh, theory is that, you know, we're kind of playing a 2004 Red Sox here and that to break the curse, you have to go out as as big as possible. And that is beating the three out of four time defending champions, uh, the greatest basketball team ever assembled uh, and on their home court, possibly in game six uh, is how the Drake curse needs to end. So. I hope it happens. I'm not a big Drake fan. He's going to be all out for Game 5. Any predictions on what he's going to be wearing for uh, Game 5, Coach I can Fitz? promise you he will. Uh, he, he, I did love the Del Curry jersey. I thought that was classic. <laughs> uh, he's definitely going to cover up his tattoos uh, that, you know, for, Clint, or for, mm-hmm. for Katie and Steph. But, uh, you know, he's, he's going to have to come with a classic jersey. Vince. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he might he might bring back the Vince Carter jersey. I'm yeah, sure I, would, our, I would like to see that. I'm sure our beautiful, amazing wives will have comments on uh, what he's wearing for Game Five. They'll uh, they'll be they'll be keen on Drake's fashion sense. I do hope Draymond somehow has words with him at some point. I hope I hope they have a little altercation, and not an altercation. Let's say an interaction. That was that was Coach Max uh, Max prediction from the preview pod, right? Draymond's getting a little frustrated. This is not as easy as it was for him in in years past. So. Uh, he's he's bubbling up. He got teed up today. It's uh, he's he's definitely feeling the pressure. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. You know, it, it would be super exciting. Uh, you know, I I did predict uh, uh, this would end five. Uh, to start so I'll, I'll give you a reset because we're probably yeah. in that point where like you got to predict what's going to happen the rest mm. of the series. So we'll pretend you didn't say Warriors in four or five, whatever it was. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah, give yeah. you a refresh here. Yeah, what, that's what you very think? nice. That's very nice. Uh, well, I think at this point it has to be Warriors in seven. Uh, that's clearly going to happen. It's going to be the KD story. Um, he takes the game to come back, but you're going to get a huge Steph and uh, uh, Clay game in the next one. And uh, they turn around. <laughs> KD plays, but it's questionable. But by game six, KD is showing up again. And then there you go. Now they're rolling. Now they're going downhill. Um, I agree up to the end of game five. Uh, and I think we're going to get a lot of Raptors hype over the weekend. 
And then for game five, uh, the Warriors will come out and smack him in the mouth. And the Raptors will get a bit cocky. And then we'll hear two or three days of how great the Warriors are and how it's over. And they're back up to the favorites. And the Raptors will come into Oracle in game six and shock the world, taking the NBA title. Uh, and I want to watch it in Comox, BC. Three podcasts in a row. We're going to be watching Game Six, mm. uh, and looking forward to looking forward to the Raptors taking home the title. But I do think they hit a speed bump in Game Five. Mm. Uh, yeah. All right. So we're in agreement there. And, you know what? And look, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, 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 positive things to the Raptors. And if they end up pulling it out, I'm really really proud of them. And uh, uh, I just wanted to uh, uh, touch on is is that. Would you also put an asterisk by this like you would with, like, the 1999 championship with San Antonio Spurs <laughs> in the short season? Because there's been so many injuries. Like, you know what? How many championships would you say LeBron would have at this point in time if you would have the same injuries to the Warriors? Like, would LeBron be at five or six? Like, he'd probably still be in Cleveland. How much did uh, Dan Skimmon pay you <laughs> to ask this question tonight? Uh, you know, you know, nothing at all. You know, but, but honestly, like, would you not think that LeBron would be at five or six championships hey, by now? hey, hey. You don't hate the player, you hate the game. You know, sometimes this just happens. The 2004 Pistons wouldn't be champions if the Lakers didn't all hate each other. Mm. Um, you know, the Rockets wouldn't been champions in the mid-90s if Jordan hadn't gone and played double-A baseball. Uh, it's all circumstantial, right? It's all, it's all, it's why we play the game. It's why sports are the greatest thing in the, on the planet. Um, if the Raptors deserve to win this series, then they better close it out pretty quickly i'm pretty pumped because i'm going back to canada here and get to watch it in the evenings uh maybe maybe around the island and uh and looking forward to seeing the raptors close it out i i am as well yeah uh we'll see what happens uh i still think the warriors got it in them and uh i'm i'm really looking forward to see what they got good stuff hey we're gonna pass back over to uh scotty mack here uh for one final send-off thanks for listening appreciate all your follows and likes on any uh, podcast platform that you listen to, over to Scotty. Uh, big thanks to, uh, again, a huge thanks to Owen Laborde, Coach Owen Laborde, and Coach Shane Fitz for giving their expert uh, analysis and, and expertise to, on the NBA Finals and the Golden State Warriors and Toronto Raptors. Uh, we're probably going to roll through game five and six and we'll probably do a podcast in canada then we'll finish off this series and then when we come back in august we're going to try and get as many local different coaches and players here as possible in singapore or on the pod interview a couple people me and chuck will start with the the fiba world cup and then we're going to roll into the abl again for the 10th season of the abl so in the words of the legend the myth the man himself chuck schreiner the players are here. The fans are here. We are here. Scotty Mack and Chuck Schreiner. Let's do it. <laughs>